okay, my credit card has striked again. And I freaking bought another meet and greet. I can't stop with these meet and greets. But I freaking bought another meet and greet for this TikTok. Literally, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but genuine (laughs) superstar and person that I am in love with, Drew Afualo. If anyone doesn't follow her, you have to follow her. She she pretty much just mocks and calls out these guys that are uh, misogynists. But... It got us talking about how when people blow up, the the line between getting inspired by someone and copying their work becomes so thin that it essentially disappears. Hi, friends. My name is Nadine. And my name is Sadani. And welcome to You Know What I Mean. Because when you get inspired by something, like some part of it is copying. Like when you get inspired by something, like what you create is a version of, or like has elements of the thing that you were inspired by, which I think is so hard. Um, And I know that she does a video about how somebody like copied her jokes and like her mannerisms and like her cadence of like delivering jokes and talking and like her video style which I find it's really hard on social media to like post anything because if you don't give credit, like it's just so easy to find out that you are like copying somebody and then it just becomes like uncomfortable and embarrassing because you kind of get called out on it. And so something similar that I was talking about was there was, there's this like illustration. She's like a printmaker. So she does illustration and printmaking. um, And she's just like this, like, young girl or she's not a young girl but she's like a young woman probably and she has this like account and she's like 18k followers and she does like very intricate prints but they're they're inspired by like very it's like very like Scandinavian folk art cottage core like that's like the vibe and it's very cute but it's also like very particular um and the reason that I started thinking about this and I was telling you yesterday was because this artist like went on her Instagram and was very nice. Like she wasn't being like mean or rude or confrontational or anything. She was very nice. And she was like, Hey, I'm having a really hard time because this other person who followed my friends and my family and like, like other people that follow me, like followed my followers, um, is opening an Etsy store and their prints look exactly like mine. And I remember talking to you about this because I ended up sending you the pictures and it was like a print of like a bunny holding a postcard or like a card. Mm-hmm. And I, I had such a hard time because I was like, it is a very similar, like the way that the sweater on the bunny was drawn um, or like the scarf or the border of the print and all this stuff. But at the same time, I was like, all it really is, is like a bunny wearing some clothes. It's like, and like the that type of like Scandinavian folk art cottage court is so specific that I was like, it's actually really hard to like not have it look similar 
mm-hmm. because they're just so specific. Like it's just such a specific aesthetic. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like it's all, it's all derived from the same common imagery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I will say though, like, I think this artist, she, like the one who got copied, the one who went online, who was like, this person is copying me. She's very nice about it. And she was like, I actually reached out to the artist and I said, Hey, like your work looks exactly like my work. Like this is my print. And this is what you have posted. It looks the exact same. Like I hope that you do the right thing. And it's not even that you like have to stop making art like this, but can you at least credit me? And can you not sell it? Because you're make you're like profiting off of essentially my creativity, my work, my whatever. And like, I'll say like the person replied back and was like, LOL, goodbye. And like blocked them, deleted everybody who was like following them. Which is so inappropriate. Which is inappropriate and makes me feel like they knew what they were doing. Yes. Like that, when you were explaining it to me, I was like that it, it, it is like, it balances a very fine line. But once you told me her response, I was like, that is very sketchy. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're just like, okay. So you knew, like you fully were aware, but anyways, if you go to like the copier, I'm going to call her the copier. Like if you go to her, um, Instagram, she only has, that's the other thing. She only has like four posts. And usually when people start selling their prints and stuff on Etsy, I mean, not all the time. And like, it's everyone's prerogative to sell whenever they want, but like they usually post a lot of stuff and then are like, okay, now I'm going to start selling my prints. She literally had four posts and the four posts were like, I'm starting a Etsy shop. Here are the the four prints that are going to be on it. That it was also like, she was, how do I say this? Like, she was like almost emboldened by the fact that like, the original person was like creating this art and selling it. So like, if they can do it, I could also just sell it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Like they really like jumped with both feet into creating a shop with, with what we understood as like zero starting off with like zero content. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And that's weird. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's just like who would buy it. But anyways, overall, I feel like it was it was really hard. And the original person who was getting copied, she like took a step back and she was like, honestly, cause all of her followers, cause she literally has 18 K followers went and like commented on the copiers. That's what I'm going to call her like Instagram. And they weren't mean. They were just like, Hey, I love supporting artists. Like, but this really looks like at the first person's work. Um, I think you should invest time into finding your own art style. I can't wait to support you then. So it wasn't even like it was hostile, mm-hmm. but it was clearly calling her out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's just so hard. But like somebody also in the comments did say they were like, this is like bunnies and teacups and like postcards. It's like nobody has a like nobody has like a monopoly on these things. Like they're just it's just stuff. And I find that that's really hard with like art in general or creation in general, because of course you can be incredibly creative. Of course, you can have ideas that are your own. but it's like virtually impossible that you are going to have an idea that somebody hasn't had before or will have after. There's billions of people in this world, billions. Like, please don't even ask me to tell you the exact amount because I don't even know off the top of my head, but a ridiculous number of people in this world. And it's almost guaranteed that if you have an idea, then someone else has had it too. Yeah. So you, you just, 
like you, it's almost like you have to embrace it, but also find what your version of that ideal looks like. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like, you know, what your idea of, or what your, sorry, what your version of that idea looks like is important, but I don't know, like it becomes like blurry. I find because you get into this space of like, what, like what is then considered inspiration versus what is considered like copying and like putting your, putting your spin on it. And, and I'll say this because there's this other illustrator I follow. She's huge. And she like, she actually hosts these retreats where people can go and you go to like, I don't know, like she'll pick a place. So like, she'll be like, okay, we're going to Italy or whatever. And you pay to like, for like occupy, like to stay somewhere for food and like all this stuff. And then she basically teaches you how to create art, but essentially her style, because of course that's what somebody knows. Like they create art in their style. So they teach art in their style. And so there's a million people who now create art that looks very similar. And I always think about this because I'm like, she's literally teaching people and it honestly looks, nobody can like create line for line what she's doing, but it looks so similar that I'm like, I wonder if this bothers her that it's so similar, but she taught them. So I don't know. Oh, bless you. Um, yeah, I think if like, I think it goes to like what we were saying in our, like in our, one of our many phone calls, because you know, yeah. you and I hop on one call and then record an episode, then hop yeah, on, literally. on a call. Um, I, th- I think it goes to like, you have to give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people, I'm, I'm just going to say it again, like on TikTok, yeah. If, yeah. They, if they post a video and it's like, like say this funny video, they will actually credit the original creator yeah. if it wasn't their idea. And that's, but then that's the other thing too then. Cause like, okay, say like somebody created like a mm-hmm. funny. I know what you're going to say. Oh, but like they like create, like I say, they create something funny and then you recreate it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I got this idea from this person. It's not even like you got the idea. It's like, this is my version. This is a copy, a reenactment of this. Yes. And it gets, sorry, I think I cut you off. Keep going. No, go for it. No, no, no. Keep going. It gets really messy when it comes to yeah, like creators of color and like the original creators of color and, and people copying them. Yeah. And I think like, so I was going to like segue this in a different way, but this works too. I was going to talk about how not only do people copy what creators of color do. And I don't know, like you can say, like, we can talk about that because that's a whole thing in and of itself, but also how much easier it is to create very mediocre content and get a very high reward if you're white versus if you're creating very mediocre content and if you are racialized or marginalized and this is something that we talk about because we are always like oh our Instagram is so low like our our engagement is so low like we're not getting we're not getting like the traffic we're not getting like the pickup like whatever this sounds so stupid but like people like you know like social media is slow today like I've heard so many people say that before in the past and we've said that too we're like oh like social media is so slow today like we're just not getting the same amount of traction. And like, there's so many people who 
talk about like trends of TikTok or trends of Instagram or how to grow your whatever in your account in like five videos or like post consistently, da, da, da. But it's like, it's the same way that people talk about They'll be like, go on this diet and you'll lose weight and don't at all take into account different people's body types. People are like, do this and you'll blow up and you'll like, you're like, you can use this platform. You can use your content for this platform as like, whatever to, to create whatever you want to become whatever. And it's like, no, like people respond differently, whether that's an internal or an external bias when they see content from white creators versus marginalized creators. A hundred percent. I was telling you that I unfollowed a bunch of these accounts yeah. that we used to follow. And it was like Instagram tips, how I reached a hundred followers in five months. And we obviously want to grow our podcast and like, we've been wanting to grow it and having this, the dip, I hate our dependency on social yeah. media and Instagram to grow our platform because yeah. it's, I feel so trapped by it. Like I have to, I don't know. Like I just like, I have to, I feel like I'm always like appeasing this algorithm. Yeah. Like you have to play into it. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to play into it. So we followed all of these different accounts and they would give us all these tips. And one of them was like, you need to post two to five reels per week. Okay. So we would post like between two to five reels per week and nothing nothing literally nothing and then we were talking about it and and it it you do on on one thing like there's there is the there's a racial aspect to it you are obviously a visible minority I'm white passing even I don't identify as white but I'm white passing so it's different but as a whole small accounts just are not supported on these like mega platforms. There's no, there's no space for them. Yeah. And then it's a double whammy because there's no space for them. And in general, smaller accounts are owned by racialized or marginalized, like people with racialized or marginalized identities. And so it's like a double whammy because not only do these algorithms prioritize accounts that are already big, yeah, the already big accounts are like white creators. And I, I, I just have, I have like such a hard time with this too, because I think it's really hard to create content specifically. And I'm going to explain this when I say it, cause it's not going to sound like it makes a lot of sense, but it's something I think about often is creating content, whether it is your own, whether it is inspired by somebody else, obviously the reception of it is one thing where, you know, like if you are doing something that if you're doing something that's like very like that's messed up or that's not okay, or that's controversial, you as a woman, you as a racialized person, you as a trans person, a queer person, you with an intersectional marginalized identity will get so much more hate for it and so much more backlash for it than a white straight cis person. Absolutely. And that is like one whole thing in and of itself. Like if you like, so I took this class, this is a long time ago, but I took this class in university and it was called, um, honestly, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like basically about like feminism and and media and how women are displayed in media and like women's agencies, well, women's agency of their own 
whatever, whether it's their own body, whether it's their own, how they present themselves, how they're perceived, like all this stuff. And one of the things that we talked about often was when women post things on, on Instagram or on YouTube or whatever, it is met with like, not just like hate comments or like threats, but like tied very explicitly to their like sexuality or to like raping them or to like, like, I don't know how else to talk about it, but like literally tied to like some sort of sexualization of them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that happens a lot. And, and it becomes like, and it becomes like a caricature. Like they become like a care, like people caricaturize them through their sexuality. And I feel like that happens a lot when, when black creators, for example, create stuff a lot too, um, and put stuff online because a white person can do exactly what they're doing Mm -hmm. And they'll just like, it'll be like, whatever, like you wouldn't even think twice about it. But when black creators do it, for example, like, have you seen that trend where it's like, it's like, a, oh my gosh, I don't even know. It's like, a, oh my God, who is that artist? She is on the song 3435 by Ariana Grande. It's Doja Cat and Megan Thee Stallion. Megan the Stallion. Thank you. So there's this TikTok sound where it's like a Megan the Stallion song playing in the background. And like the video is like five seconds of that and then five seconds of like a very professional talk. And it's like me yes. at 8:59 p.m. Yes. And it's like this girl like breaking it down. And then it's like me at 9 9 a.m. And it's like, and I'd like to like transfer you the files that I'm working on. And it's like them super like dressed properly, like working on a computer. Have you seen that? Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's like, people don't realize it. And like, that was definitely something that was started by, I mean, I don't even know, but I don't even know who it was started by, but that's definitely something that white people, I've seen so many white creators do it and nobody thinks twice about what they're actually saying, which is that if you have that type of a personality, it's not professional. Mm Mm-hmm. And they tied that type of a personality so explicitly with black bodies. And it's like the caricaturization of like a black body and like black personality. Mm-hmm. And I like think about that so much because obviously that is a, a sound that you can't do anything with. So literally everybody is just copying the same thing over and over and over again, right? Like you can't, like, it's not like a sound that you can put different captions to. It's, it's like literally like played out for you. There's nothing you can do. So a million people are copying the exact same idea over and over again, but the impact that it has when a white person does it, but they're not even realizing and nobody's questioning it. I, I know exactly what trend this is. And I remember just watching it and thinking, I don't even know what my thoughts were, but just thinking like, it's very clear the line that you're drawing between what's acceptable and what's not. Exactly. Exactly. And like you as a white creator are going to continue to put on this act or like take on this, this characteristic of what is considered to be black and play it out in your five second TikTok. And it's going to get a million views. And you're not going to think twice about the like effect of that on the flip side. Yeah. And I feel like that was actually tying this all the way back to the first thing you said, when Drew calls out in her video 
that girl who's copying her, she's like, I'm a visible minority. I'm a woman from a visible minority and you are a white woman copying all of my jokes. Like talk about success on the backs of racialized women. Like this, like, this is like the most tangible freaking experience I can give you. She, so Drew is, um, she's Polynesian and she was saying that the amount of vitriol and hate that she gets from people on the internet whenever she posts a video it's it's quite scary and then to look at it on the flip side when a white woman does the same thing copies her copies everything like her tone like not just her jokes but almost it's almost like like the delivery yeah yes like very much just a copy paste of what she was doing she gets praised by the same people that are are threatening drew like oh you're so funny like that's so funny how you did that you know it's like such a stark difference that um i remember she called it out in her video it was it, it just it's crazy too because then you then this is like the very thin line that we talked about which is some of the jokes that she was saying like for example she uses the word uggo a lot yeah and people are like, that's a word that already existed. Okay, well, even though that's a word that already existed, the fact that she's copying her yeah. mannerisms, like everything word for word, is inappropriate. Absolutely. And I think that it's so funny, too, that Drew being a, a creator who is racialized, mm-hmm. she has to defend herself. She's like, no, no, this is me. And like, you can clearly, like, if you are watching this TikTok, you can clearly tell the similarities between the two, but people are still going to defend the white creator, even though like, so she, the follow-up video that you sent me that she does is literally someone being like, okay, did you invent like the, like, like giving somebody a middle finger? Like, did you invent like this? And she goes, okay, let's go through it. And so she literally does like a side-by-side comparison of everything that girl does in her video with things that she has done in way like previous videos. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, like nobody would think to discredit a white content creator for the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Regardless of whether it's copied or not, but you have like a racialized creator being like, no, this is my work. And they're like, no, it's not this word already existed. It's just, it's so hard. It is really hard. It's hard. Be, and I, I can only imagine like the volume of, of that that's happening. Like mm-hmm. she's something crazy. Like I think almost 6 million followers. And yeah. you have created such a cult following and you've inspired so many people that oftentimes people don't realize when they're moving from being inspired to being you know like yeah yeah just taking away from from the creator and even though she has this big platform it is still you are still stealing her yeah content and And I think yeah no you totally are um sorry keep going because I think I cut you off no I I I'm like thinking as I'm speaking so my thoughts like aren't fully formed, but yeah, no, it's like still, it's like stealing from her content for a lack of a better word. Yeah. And it's like stealing and monetizing it, right? Like in the, in the hopes that it will like blow up. And like, 
I think that other creator, like the white creator had like a bunch of followers Mm -hmm. that are seeing that who potentially don't follow Drew and are like, oh, this is so funny and original. And it's like, no, it's not. I actually saw this, um, this other video of this girl that I followed who is hilarious. Her handle isn't coming to me, but I'll mention it in the, we'll mention it in the bio. She's Muslim and she wears a hijab. So she's covered and she, I couldn't find what the video was. I couldn't tell which video she was referring to, but she made a video and it got like a few likes or a few views and someone else copied her word for word and got millions and Fenty beauty commented. And so I don't know how this happened, but um, I somehow long story short, cause I'm not doing a good job at, at telling what the story is somehow they managed to redirect Fenty to the original creator's video and they commented being like took us a while but we finally found the original or something like that yeah and then they like, with her. like the like the person whose video blew up was like this is the original person yeah like the uh no 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 jk the oh, person okay. who blew up had nothing to do with it i think it was people in the comments redirecting Fenty being like this is a copy of Oh, honestly, some people on TikTok, Instagram, whatever are doing God's good work. Yeah. They're like, I will not stand for injustice. Not today, not yesterday. And certainly not tomorrow. Like they're like, this is what I'm here to do. And I'm not here to play games. (laughs) Well, it goes back to like, even when TikTok was back in the beginning of the pandemic and people were doing those dance videos. Yeah. And they blew up. A lot of those dances came from young people black creators like literally black teens who who just like recorded a video it happened to blow up yeah or it like it was seen by a white creator and and it blew up from there without any credit yeah without any credit and without like it goes on it it doesn't go on that's not what I'm trying to say it speaks to like a bigger issue Mm -hmm. I feel like in media of people taking on or like borrowing from different whether it's like cultures or ethnicities or races or whatever it might be in moments that it suits them but like never actually standing up for the discrimination that those communities face mm-hmm. and it's it's really hard because you the message that it gives is that you have no value those people, like, for example, if we talk about like, you know, black teens or black creators creating these dances and then a million other people doing it and it blows up because a million other people doing it are white. It gives a message that it's like, you have no value until a white person sort of takes it on or gives it value. Like, does that make sense? Like, do you see what I'm trying to say? Like it, it, like if you did it, it wouldn't matter. It only matters because a white person now thinks this is cool or this is good. And therefore it now has value. And it's so damaging because it like plays into so many different things that we consume and how we act. And like, this is, this is another episode like all together that we can like go into and, and we will, mm-hmm. um, literally the TikTok sound in my head that's going off is like, and I will go into great detail. I will like, do you know that one? that's literally us yeah. about this. Um, but it's just, it's so damaging and it's like so harmful because 
I find that in the world of like content creation, everybody is trying to be first. Everyone's trying to be original. Everyone's trying to like be the funniest, be the coolest, be the whatever. And when there are already so many factors at play, like discrimination against whatever marginalized group it might be, you actually don't realize until you take a second to think about it, how much that comes into effect, even on things, even when it comes to things like creating a five second TikTok and and putting it up. Mm -hmm. Because you're, you're contributing to a much bigger conversation and like a much like friends come and go, but your participation in them or how you play into them speak volumes to what you see and understand. Exactly. Exactly. And what you are then okay with, like whether or not you understand it is, it's almost like not really an excuse anymore because I feel like, especially on social media where younger generations are so active, Mm -hmm. they are very quick to call out, to find the original, to, to post about it, to redirect you, like whatever it might be that like, claiming ignorance is like not really an excuse anymore because it's just not an excuse anymore. It's not even, it's like, you can't even say that because how can you claim ignorance? And then like go into your comments and like the first comment ever is like, this is copied. And then like the, like the consecutive, like 500 are like, this is copied. Mm -hmm. What you were saying about, um, like it let's say like you created something and it not being you thinking and not being a value and then someone else does it and and they're in yeah. you know people interpret it as value then reminds me of when we were talking about how when we would post something and it doesn't like it almost feels so silly to say like it didn't get enough likes so we got upset but it didn't get the engagement that we thought it would and we would almost internalize it like yeah yeah, oh, our content not relatable is like, is it us that's not doing, you know, a good job? But a lot of that too, like a lack of engagement has to do with pandemic fatigue. Yeah. Which hits like smaller accounts more. Yeah. Because suddenly nobody is engaging, period, not just with yeah. them, but with other people. And so the impact of that is harder because they don't like we, I don't feel like we come up even when I switch back to yeah. my account, our podcast doesn't come up. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, like people are now like very seriously or more often talking about moving away from, from Instagram altogether. Like they're like, I don't, I'm going to delete my Instagram. Like yeah. I'm not going to have whatever. But I feel like when we talk about like, say, just let's just say in a world where tomorrow Instagram went down immediately. Mm-hmm. The people who already have a platform, have a platform, have used this platform to get like brand partnerships or sponsorships or, you know, like have created their own stuff and, and, and gone to that. And it's also not to discredit the work that like white creators put in, right? Like it's not to say like, oh, they didn't work hard. It's just that it's just so much easier for their stuff to, to become popular, to be liked literally and like figuratively, like yeah. It's just so much easier for their content to be created and consumed and, and to grow. And to grow and be digested and not ever questioned that when we talk about like shutting down things like Instagram or being like, you know what, I'm I'm not I'm not going to go on Instagram anymore or I'm going to delete it or it actually just continues to hurt 
those smaller accounts that are trying to get their footing and they are, and they are like accounts by like women or by black women or brown women or Muslim women or whatever, or whatever it might be, or a trans person. And it's just, it's like so disheartening because you're like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. If I'm on Instagram, it's not going to show me what somebody might be posting. And if it does show me, or if somebody does see what I'm posting, it's not even going to get the the same amount of like clout for lack of a better word. It's not going to get the same amount of attention as if somebody who was white did the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. I'm going to say this and I feel like this is a bit of a controversial opinion. Oh my God. I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? Is it about Bella Hadid? No. Okay. Well, yeah, we can talk about that. You can go ahead. You can say that. No, no, no. I, I wasn't. That's too hot of a take for me to say. It's all yours. I'm done. Okay. That's actually not what I was going to say. Now everyone's like, well, it's a hot take. My thing about Bella Hadid is like, again, it's literally not to say that anybody is or is not pretty or is or is not hot or whatever. But, and this kind of is like a different conversation and a different podcast episode altogether that we want to have. But it's the idea that like, is someone really pretty or are they just white and skinny? And it's like these ideals of beauty that we have internalized. Anyways, that is like a whole other conversation that I I can and will go into and have gone into many times. But what I was going to say actually was about the popularity that came up with the Call Her Daddy podcast. Mm, Yes. So I feel like that podcast blew up really fast. And I, I really want, I really like, I really love it because I think at first it was a way, it was a narrative to take back. It was, it was not a narrative. It was a podcast it was a way to take back the narrative of women's sexuality and the way that women's sexuality is sort of portrayed as this thing that you don't talk about or that's more taboo or that's considered whatever but my like hot take or my whatever is that if a racialized person had done that if a black creator had done that it would never ever in a million years have gotten as big as it did went to white women did it because racialized women's sexuality is already so commodified and is already so fetishized and is so like like specifically you know when we talk about that example of that tiktok where it's like you're like twerking for five seconds and then five seconds later you're like it's like clearly a white like a north american accent talking and being like oh yeah, here's the files that I transfer. Like the sexuality of racialized women is so commodified and sold and like a caricature, a character that you can play that it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked, not because it doesn't work, but because like society doesn't allow it to work Mm. versus when white women do it. And then all of a sudden it's groundbreaking that women are talking about their sexuality. That's my hot take for today slash this week. I actually don't like, I, I don't, I don't think it's a hot take because it makes sense to me. No, we have very similar values. We are very much the same. A lot of our conversations. I'm like, oh, you don't think it's a hot take. You and I have the same thoughts every day. You don't think Every episode we're like, "Mm, a hundred percent. Absolutely. We really don't like, there's no, there's no debate. Um, I, I, there is like something about them 
or something about call her daddy and the also the like platform they were on which yeah we won't no comment no comment we're not gonna say Oh, that secret will die. We'll go. We'll go to the we'll great. Die with us. We'll go to my next life with me. You don't even understand that secret. Maybe. Will go to future lives with me. I will not forget it, and I will not tell anyone. I don't know. Like, I don't even if we ever get picked up, or if we have. You know what? Like, we'll we'll drop the secret, and by yeah. that, it really won't be that that big of a deal. But um, anyways, really, I digress. But uh, it's the. So with them as a duo and their platform, Barstool, made their topic of conversation just that much more palatable. Whereas if it was a a person or woman of color, it would be seen as just vulgar. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, say it louder for Barstool's words. (laughs) I mean, and that's the, that's the really hard thing too. And kind of goes back to our conversation about like copying, because I guarantee you that there are a million, 100 million black women or trans women or brown women or Latinx women, whatever talking about and breaking the taboo. Cause it's, it's not untrue that it's taboo for women to talk about sex in society, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and, and the way that they talk about sex too, cause it's not just like, hee hee, I had sex. It's like much more graphic than that or much more detailed I should say than that but it just would not be received the same way it just would not be received the same way and like it goes back to the way that content like the way content is created and how it's perceived but then a very clear example of how the same content can be created by two different people that have very different identities and the and its perception and how they grow and how they have grown. Like Call Her Daddy is huge now. And I will also say about Call Her Daddy. So they completely, I mean, she completely switched directions. She did. And now, and now she just has like guests on it. Yeah. How many guests that are racialized has she had? Well, wait. No, I mean, not nearly enough. Like, not nearly yeah. enough. No. I was like she had Mia she had Mia Khalifa on but not nearly enough that I can like tell you from the top of my head and also like that actually is a very very good example so I'm glad you brought up Mia Khalifa because Mia Khalifa is a like a visible minority like she she came up because what she did was very controversial Mm. Did she get the same type of attention talking about sex, performing sex the way that say call her daddy did? No. And talk about them, talk about like being inspired by the same thing, which is breaking the taboo behind like sex and sexual acts for women. Yeah. And in fact, what one might consider a who somebody that one might consider a pioneer for breaking molds and breaking glass ceilings and like breaking like you know stigma around talking about sex as a racialized woman is now on the podcast of a white woman talking about sex yeah which like goes back to our point earlier where it's like I don't want to say I'm really not at all going to say that Mia Khalifa has needs to be validated by freaking call her daddy because that is nowhere near the truth but but that's again the message that is sort of being played out Yes. Yes. Like, I I think when I think of this, I think of like 
what was it? Not to like really <laughs> jump back to this, but Drew and the woman that copied her. Yeah. One of the comments I believe was like, you're just pitting women against oh, women. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's women against women argument. And I thought about like that in relation to call her daddy, daddy and, and Mia Khalifa. And I think that it just goes back to intersectionality. Like we mm-hmm. always say it is, if it's not intersectional, it's not feminism. It's not. Yeah. Like it's a, it like that, that is just the foundation of it. Like mm-hmm. we can support women, but how do we lift each other up equitably, you know, and not monopolize you know I'm, I don't know if I'm making any no, sense no I, I do know what you're saying but and and you know like this whole pit women against women like I think is just a garbage excuse like when yeah. people are like don't pit women against women it's like really you think this is the problem like this is the patriarchy at play trying to tell women that women going against other women is the problem not yeah. the way that men have dominated and like controlled virtually every aspect of living like yeah let's like there's, really get to the issue here yeah like there's limited space for women so you have to fight for it and also the idea that if you disagree with a woman or you don't agree or you say like you know whatever if you say something about that is negative about another woman all of a sudden it's oh you're a woman and you're discrediting another woman it's like yeah. no and also, again, t- to what you said, where it's like, well, is that a white woman telling a black woman? Is it a black woman telling a white woman? How, what is the like racial structure of power there? Like, and it's like, people aren't necessarily going to think about this in the moment, but actually my very first example of this artist calling out this other artist, one of the comments in the copier, I'm going to call her the copier's Instagram, like one of her uh, posts was like, it's 2022. When are we going to stop pitting women against other women? And I was like, that's literally not what she's doing though. Yeah. I was like, she is standing up for herself. And I think that's fair. And again, like you can make the argument, like bunnies are just a regular thing. Like, mm-hmm. like whatever, like a little postcard with a heart stamp, like that's just regular. And it's like, yeah, it is. But at the same time, like if somebody calls you out on it, the issue isn't women pitting women against each other. Like, that's not the issue. The issue here is what's actually happening. Yeah. Or Right? Like, are we just telling women that they should be complacent? Yeah. And are we just telling women, oh, if it's another woman, never question her because she's a woman? Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Like, that's not what anybody should be saying because everybody should be held accountable, you know. Regardless. I mean, that's a- another conversation but it's very like I I, like we always I feel like I always come back to this and and that it's like very multifaceted and everything like it just seeps I feel like social media is so it's so overwhelming like I really I, I really struggle with it I really really do because on one hand I recognize that it's like the primary source for us to grow as a brand and as our podcast, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there is a natural inauthenticity that Mm -hmm. is attached to it that I just can't seem to shake off. Yeah. Cause it's, it's very clear that we're all trying to push for a spot. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I'm like, I, I don't want that. Like I, I it's, and, and not that I'm not willing to like for us to work hard, but it's like, I don't want to do it in an ingenuine way and then be surrounded by other in, ingenuine people. Work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I, I think it's really hard with, with TikTok and like with, I think especially with TikTok, to be honest, because you use like the same sounds. Whereas at least on Instagram, if you're like, you know, copying, say a trend or whatever, like it's like a picture of you. Like nobody can say like, you're copying a picture of you. Right. But, but like, for example, that there was this, like, everybody knows Emily Mareko, Mariko. I don't know how to say her name. And she like made this video of, she made this video of her making salmon rice, which honestly looked great. Like it looked delicious. And she, uh, she like mashed up the salmon, put the rice, whatever, all this stuff. And the way that she makes her videos is she doesn't have any background music. I love that you were like walking us through. Like I know I was about to like walk you through a step-by-step of how to make the salmon rice. Please, please watch her video. Um, please watch her video. It's very soothing. Like, like she just takes like one second clips of every single step and then puts it together and there's no background music. It's just the sound of her doing whatever she's doing. Yeah. She seems like the type of person that just has her life together. And I, I yeah, she really I, seems like she has her life together. I really well. Anyways, but, um, so she, she makes these videos and then I was talking to someone and they were telling me how they love watching food videos. And I was like, oh, you know, like I watch Emily Marco. Like I find that they're really soothing. And then we were looking at the comments of other people who just made their own recipes. Like they were just doing whatever the heck it was that they wanted to do. We're just like creating whatever recipe they wanted and filming it but they did it in the style where they didn't have background music. And it was just like a clip of me chopping a clip of me, putting it in a pot, a clip, whatever, and put it together. And the comments were like, this is Emily's like, you're copying Emily. Like, Oh my God. At Emily. Like it was way too much. And I was like, but this, is this copying? Like, it's just, how can you say that a video with no background music is copying Emily? Like, and I think that's where it gets so blurry because, and then also the other thing is like, well, Emily is a con, like she is like a visible minority. Like she looks Asian, like she, or Southeast Asian, like she is clearly, you know, like it goes back to the whole conversation that we just talked about. And it's like, okay, well, are you discrediting her as a creator? And it's like, it's just, it becomes so blurry, but I think that, I think it's hard to, distinguish when it's something that's so subtle and like so like ubiquitous it's like what like how can this video just with no background noise be copying Emily you know what I mean yeah it it, it's again it goes to like such a thin 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 line that sometimes like that line isn't physically there but it's still there if you know if you know what I mean like yeah it's so hard. I'm even thinking of like what we posted today. I, I follow this account on Instagram called fake Roberts. If anyone yeah. can follow her, she's so funny. She is the, I think she's like the social media manager for like the cut, which is, I believe part of the New Yorker. Um, anyway, she, her social media is her job and she's very good at it. So I follow her and I just love her humor like it's such a natural and witty type of humor that I I just think is so funny and so even with the meme I posted today like 
I would say maybe a year ago before I was following Taylor, Taylor is her real name, fake Robert Randall. You know, I probably wouldn't have thought to post that. Like that easily is something that was inspired by her. But like, where is, where is the line? Yeah. Like that is like, would you then consider like that format? And then I think when people start looking at content creation with such rigidity, and I don't even mean content creation, I just mean art of any form or creation of any form with such rigidity, then there is like no room. There's no room. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what if somebody said, I created a painting of cups of teacups. I'm just making this up. Mm -hmm. And so nobody can create paintings of teacups. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's just, it's so difficult. Like, I feel like that line is so, it's so fine, but it's at the same time, not because it's very obvious when you step over it. I think like, I I like what you just did, which is like, put it into perspective of something that's tangible. Yeah. Tangible and, and static like art thinking like, okay, well, we know you can't hold that argument for our example with Drew's video, but like, let's say someone tried to hold that argument and how would you navigate that? And it's, it's as if you took a painting of, let's say this teacup and you copied the colors, you copied the brushstroke, you cop or you copied the type of teacup, except you changed like, I don't know. Maybe you didn't copy the colors. Maybe the colors is something that you did change, but everything else is the same. And so it's almost a mirror image, but like, it's just a smidge different. Yeah. But it's still the same picture. Yeah. You know, whereas I'm like, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. Is that copy? I, I think like if, if you are like bringing an essence of yourself. Yes to it right like that kind of to me is like okay well you're like inspired by maybe this artist or this type of painting (laughs) like really talking about this teacup painting like maybe you're inspired by the art style like because at the end of the day like nobody has created something that's entirely 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 unique and original yeah like literally it's not possible because you can even be like inspired by like a house. If you do a painting of a house or you do like a Lego rendering, I'm making this up, of a house. Well, that's technically not unique. Yes. A hundred. Yes. You also don't like, and you don't realize what your brain registers in the back. And perfect example. (laughs) I go back to TikTok. There was this trend that went around where like people had this effect and it was like a rat and it's like I'm not also me and it was like something that they were nosy about and so I made one and it was like I'm not nosy but also me couples that I've never met when they delete all their pictures together yeah and I I never I I honestly just keep all these videos in our drafts and I never post them and for some reason I held off on posting it and then I decided okay you know what I'm just going to scrap this stupid video. So I scrapped it, but I was going through some of our, the the videos that we've liked before um, today. And I came across this one that had the exact same caption from a long time ago, but with a different effect. And so I must've seen it, liked it, and then 
Yeah. Registered it in my brain, not realizing and then applied it. So that's also something where the line gets blurred, especially when things on social media, like you said, like TikTok, you just, it's a sound. Yeah. No, I think that is such a good point. Like, and I'm really happy you brought that up because I guess then it goes to the question, which, you know, we kind of talked about in this artist, this girl who created her Instagram with the bunny of intent versus action, right? Like what was your action, but then what was the intent behind it? And I feel like in this situation, like it wasn't your intent to copy this person. It was like literally something your brain had stored in the back of your mind. Like however many months had passed, it's like, yeah, like you don't know what your brain is registering and it like spits it back out at you. And you're like, oh, that's hilarious. And also you can argue that like one's humor is largely influenced by what they see on TikTok, for example, in this situation. So like your intent was never to copy, but I feel like the intent behind that, that artist versus the copier where she started on Instagram and they looked the exact same. And then like when she got called out on it, deleted everybody and like unfollowed all the people that were mutual, like your intent was to copy and profit off of. Correct. But that I feel like kind of goes against something that I said earlier, which was you can't claim ignorance. But I think you can't claim ignorance when it's an issue of like caricaturizing, say, black creators or, or, you know, you can't claim ignorance of not knowing something was racist or not knowing something was transphobic. But you can claim ignorance of like, oh, I didn't realize that my brain memorized this caption from a completely unrelated video and now I have regurgitated it on this video. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can't claim ignorance on inequity and the impact that you're leading to I don't I wouldn't say it's like I don't know if it's if ignorance is necessarily the word I want like I would I don't know if ignorance is the word I have in mind for it for this exact word that you said which is like your brain just spitting back out what it saw several months ago yeah you're right I would you're right I wouldn't even think that as ignorance it's like I don't even know what the word is human nature yeah, it's like you literally thought it was funny and so your brain stored it. Yes.